When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. I'm Deanna Singh, Chief Change Agent with Uplifting Impact, and I'm excited to be hosting another one of our exclusive deep dives into the journey to make this world a much more diverse, equitable, and inclusive place. Today, I am excited to be talking to Dr. Janet Battle. And Dr. Battle has an extensive experience, but I think one of the things I want to start off by sharing with everyone in our audience is that he was recognized by the National Diversity and Leadership Council as one of the top 100 diversity officers in 2021. Now, I know those of you who listen to the podcast are always impressed by our guests, but I just want you to know we are talking with top 100. He's also a renowned global business executive and thought leader who brings the powerful combination of skillful talent development and human capital expertise into the work that he does. Right now, he is with... um, right now he is with Dollar General. Sorry, I was going to try and go down a list of all the other places that that you've been at. And he is the, the vice president of diversity and inclusion. In that role, what he does is he works with over 157 thousand associates working across the organization to really think about what does it look like to have belonging indexes, talent flow analysis, inclusive leadership assessments, and other data to make the kinds of data-based decisions that can move us forward. We are so excited to have you on the call with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Deanna, and I appreciate the extensive introduction and I'm going to try to see if I can live up to all that you've done. And if not, the check is in the mail. (laughs) So, Jonay, one of the things that we love to do here is start with the question of what brings you joy? So, you know, for me, it's really the transformation of people that brings me joy. Um, My BHAG is really simple. I aspire to inspire and transform the lives of 10 million people over the next 10 years through my work. And the meter is running. So, uh, you know, I, I have a really simple rule with how I measure success. And it's anyone that I come in contact with, any organization that I'm working with, I simply aspire to leave folks better than I found them. Mm. And, and that's what really brings me joy, the transformation of people. You know what? I love that you named your BHAG. And for those of you who are on the call who are like, what word are they saying? It's B-H-A-G. It means big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Is that goal? Yeah, that's the way it's it's defined. And a lot of times organizations are asked, like, what is your BHAG, right? What is the thing that you wake up every day to do? It's almost bigger than the mission because it is the mission 
demonstrated by what is success look like, right? And and how how are we going to measure that? Um, but I I always tell people I'm like, well, what's your personal one? And the fact that you started off this podcast with your personal one just lets me know how data-driven you really are, right? That I'm going to have 10 million people that I can influence over 10 years. And I do that by measuring whether or not I leave people better when I find them, uh, better than when I find them. That's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So give me a little, I'm curious now, how did you come up with that BHAG? How did you come up with that number? And how does that work into your diversity, equity, and inclusion work? Yeah, so this is all based off of my doctoral work is on the correlation between grit and growth mindsets. And, and so I'm sure you're familiar with all of the great work that Carol Dweck did around mindset and all of the great work that Angela Duckworth did around grit. And, and, and my hypothesis was that oftentimes we probably will find, particularly with underrepresented talent uh, and, and with women, that folks who are successful not only are really gritty, but they probably also possess some high level in certain areas of their work of a growth mindset as well. So I set out to do work on the correlation of both. And it was really unlocking the secret of, you know, how do we move the needle, whether it be in our personal lives or our professional lives when it comes to success. And so that has become the driver around my work when it comes to inclusion and inclusive leaders. I have grit defined as the traits that we need and what that looks like in terms of, you know, uh, how people look at things through the lens of this is going to be something that I'm going to have to pursue with passion over a long period of time. And then the competencies around growth mindset that are part of the model are all about how do we see things differently and the agility that we have to pivot when we get new information or new data that tells us that we should look at things in a different light. And I bring this all together from an organization standpoint. I'm a firm believer in what gets measured is what matters and what gets measured is what gets done. And the behaviors we reward are the behaviors that people will repeat. But before I can start asking leaders to be inclusive and go do a great job and lead differently, they need to be anchored in where am I personally on my own journey and my walk of inclusion. So that starts with a personal assessment and a personal measurement first. And then once you're able to take that introspective look, it then helps you to take an introspective approach of how do I lead better when it comes to teams and individuals? Because I want to be intentional about differentiated development. I mean, everything that you just said is like the under, uh, it's like the underlying theme, right? Of the way that we try to approach the work because the, I'll start with where you ended, right? This idea that if you don't know where you stand, how can you lead other people? Right? How can you say, please follow me? And I don't know where my own feet are. I think that that's so hard to do. It's almost impossible to do. And so starting with this idea of like, where do I fit on all of this so that I can do that internal work so that I can do the external work. We, we emphasize that over and over again. I can't tell you, I don't know if you have this experience, how many people just want to skip to, no, let me fix other people. No, 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 I don't need to talk about myself. I don't need a mirror. I need a window, right? And we say, no, you need both. You need, you need to see both, right? You need, you need to have both. And then this idea of a growth mindset, 
really at the core of any organization, whether you're talking about the individual leader, you're talking about the company, if you're going to meet, what do we know is the most constant? Change. That's right. Right. So if you are going to, yeah, if you're going to come into the space and you're going to get into it, you know, you're going to try and move forward. You know, the one thing you can count on is change is the coming. And if that's happening, then you have to have a growth mindset. You have to be thinking about how am I continuously improving? How am I continuously walking um, in this pathway? But I have lots of questions for you. I just couldn't <laughs> hold that in. <laughs> All right. I think it is so incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and the combination of grit too. This work is not, you know, for people who are ready to, and they want it just done today. You you know, be- I, I mean, we always want to fast forward to the solution, like you said. And, and for me, I'm always nervous about the doctor that's ready to write me a prescription before they found out what's the root cause of why I'm there to see them. And so it's the same thing with organizations. And, and, and that's why it's a major difference between training and transformation. I'm not into check the box training. I'm into workshops that enable people through skill builds and gives them additional tools that allows them to continue on their journey for transformation. And, you know, if we're going to meet people where they're at and and be real about it to keep it 100, then the first thing is we got to assume positive intent for everybody. And then we have to be able to suspend judgment. Well, once I assume positive intent, wherever you're coming from and whatever your perspective is, and I suspend judgment, then we got to get anchored in some data of where are you on your journey and your walk? And then what's the work that needs to be done ahead as you evolve as a leader and and you're then able to be really authentic. And and we know that research shows us that, you know, the two things that you see when it comes to inclusive leaders is one, they have an incredibly high level of inquisitiveness, right? Mm -hmm. That's that growth mindset part. And then the other part of the growth mindset is they are really, really good and comfortable at being authentic. Yep. Yeah. And that comes back to the idea of knowing who you are, right? No, knowing where you're starting from. So look at all these circles we're making, right? It, it, it does come back to so many of these same kinds of concepts in making sure that people are versed in them and, and know how to, how to bring them to life. So I, I do have another question for you. So you've you know been in this work and you've seen all of the different shifting and, and changing. I'm curious, what what do you think has been one of the biggest changes or, or progressions that you've seen in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space as you've been in it? Uh, I think now feels different because organizations are realizing that you can no longer get away with some of the things that they got away with in the past. And so let me give you a little context of what I'm talking about. In the past, you really didn't feel the need to have a chief diversity officer. You didn't have to have someone at the officer level in the company leading the DNI initiatives, right? And there's like three words that I used to always hear associated with DNI that I never want to hear, which are project program and event, because they all signify that there's an endpoint to them. Mm-hmm. And so it used to be in the past that these were the words that you heard most often that bubbled up 
when people talked about, so what are you doing in terms of your diversity initiatives? And now it's evolved to people understand this needs to be woven into the fabric of our DNA. And, and, and so the greatest pivot in it has been now people see this as a critical component to their leadership development. Whereas before they saw leadership development around what are the critical business initiatives that I need to make sure that leaders are well-versed in and know how to lead. And then they saw people as being optional, particularly diversity and inclusion as being optional. Today, it's now interwoven into leadership development and they're going just in the rhythm of leadership development I need to make sure that folks get constantly fed, built, have opportunities to grow and develop in this space and organizations are hitting the pause button and being intentional about how they set leaders up for success with this. Yeah, that intersection, right? Between like leadership and diversity, equity and inclusion. I think I always try and say, this is not a nice to have. This is a must-have. If you if you want to continue to grow and you want to be recognized as somebody who has leadership capacity, this is no longer an optional. I don't think it ever was an optional thing, but now it's clear, right, that this is an expectation that you have the the you have this skill set, you have this background. So one of the things that you have the the great pleasure, I'm sure, of being able to do is working with so many people. Right. I mean, that's a large number of people. And so thinking about leadership development, also with the understanding that there are how many 999 million different points on this leadership journey, right, of, of where people might come in or where, where they might be sitting as far as their comfort level or, or you know, tools that they have in, in their toolkit. How do you manage that? How do you encourage, you know, the kinds of courageous conversations? How do you encourage having people feel empowered? How do you encourage moving and inspiring that large group of people to keep uh, at this work? Yeah, so so the first thing is it starts at the top of the house. And I can remember when I was transitioning from Corn Ferry to uh, Dollar General, I had a lot of my colleagues ask, like, why Dollar General like? Right now, you could transition to this retailer or that retailer. And what I told him was, I saw the seriousness and the intentionality around Dollar General wanting to get it right. I had worked with enough CEOs that I saw that were astute at winning the press conference. And then when the microphones turned off and the cameras left, they would turn to me and ask, can we do this a cheaper way? Can we do this a different way? And at Dollar General, they were sincere about it. And, and then not only were they sincere about it, the work started at the board level of the company. Each board member individually went through their own inclusive leader assessment. And after they individually went through their own inclusive leader assessment, we came together and did a workshop at the board level first around nothing but what does inclusive leadership look like and how do you support this mission? And then we were intentional about taking it down to our C-suite. Then we took it down to every officer. And we have continued this journey throughout that if you are a leader of people, you are a part of the solution. And then that's how we kind of created these non-negotiables, if you will. If you're an officer at Dollar General, you don't get to pick and choose. You automatically are a DNI ambassador. 
And being a DNI ambassador means you play in three spaces for us. You play in our develop to lead program, where we're intentional about building bench and succession planning by using underrepresented talent and having them link up with officers. And that officer is responsible for the sponsorship and the development of underrepresented talent for an entire year. And they meet once a month and they're going through this. Right. The other thing that we're, we're responsible for as officers is what we call leadership on the move. And what we literally did was we took things that would be good conversation starters, like the movie Hidden Figures, for example, and created an entire discussion guide around it where leaders and their team can lean in, look at the movie, look at, so what are the unique barriers and the unique headwinds that each one of the women, what did grit look like and how gritty was Mary Catherine? How gritty was Dorothy, right? How, how gritty were they on their journeys? And then what did they have to overcome? And then we have keep it 100 conversations about how can we ensure that women don't face those type of barriers at Dollar General and that women don't face those type of headwinds. And that in fact, we, we call out the different examples that we see throughout it of inclusive leadership and the role that Kevin Costner played in his role of being intentional about seeing beyond and what does that look like? So we, we, we do those type of things. And then the last thing is our good faith efforts. Each one of our officers has to work with our ERGs through the lens of either participating, sponsoring, or attending at least one of our ERG events over the course of the calendar year. And so that support gets them involved uh, from that standpoint. And when you have those type of things in place and you make sure that you're leading in that type of way, and then you come along and you help people by giving them additional tools and resources they need, that's when you start to cook with gas, so to speak. Yeah. You know what? Every one of those things that you just described, you know, I think sometimes people get a little bit overwhelmed because they're like, maybe they're listening and don't have a DEI, you know, officer, or maybe they're listening, they don't have ERGs, or maybe they're listening and they feel like, oh, you know, we're not as big as Dollar General. We don't have that many people, but everything that you just listed can be done on a big scale, but also on a small scale. Can you mentor and sponsor people? doesn't matter the size of your organization. Yes, you can do that. Can you facilitate conversations where people can come together, look at a common text, whether that's a movie, a song, a piece of art, write a podcast or whatever it might be, and then use that as a, as a sounding board to try and get at some of these topics and some of the questions and ways that they could challenge and build their toolkit? Yes, you can do that, right? It, it, you know, can you put yourself in a position where you say it's one of the responsibilities of the people on our leadership team, not just to talk the good talk, but to walk it too. Like we want you to show up at the events. We want you to support the, the ERGs. We want you to participate in a meaningful way that then we are modeling the kind of behavior that we know is going to create the kind of cultural change within our organization. So I love the intentionality that, that you all have, but I also love that you've created something that can be scaled up, scaled down, right? Depending on where, what size your organization, how big you are and all of that, but, but in a way that is meaningful and sustainable. You know, nothing you've said here is like, Oh my gosh, that we don't have enough to money to do that. We don't have enough, right? It's sustainable. Well, the thing is, Deanna, a lot of times when I'm talking to practitioners, I, I tell them that which is easy to do is also easy not to do. 
Mm. And, and so it's about how we actually frame it. Everything in life is how we frame it. And, and, and I'm not naive. Like I'm actually, you know, I listen courageously. I ask probing questions. I understand that when it comes to leaders, everybody is going to agree on the destination and I'm going to have to negotiate the paths along the way. And depending <laughs> upon what leader I'm talking to, my negotiation looks different. And I also am very clear, you know, oftentimes in speaking with them about the balance between what I call the practice and the passion, right? So the passion for me is, is baked in the fact that, you know, I'm from SWAT, Southwest Atlanta. My dad was one of the last living civil rights relics. So he was a march organizer for Dr. King. He's in Morehouse Ring of Honor. And I grew up standing on the shoulders of giants. But I didn't know who they were, right? Andrew Young was just Uncle Andy giving me a ride to school. And so <laughs> I, I kind of grew up with, with a dad who challenged me, like, how are you going to pay it forward, right? Those who paved the way for you uh, to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor today. How do you pay it forward? But when I'm talking with them about the balance of passion and practice, practice is simply how do you get things done in your organization? And once you figure out that, then you can figure out how the passion plays a role in it. And the reason why I'm so data focused and data driven, like you talked about earlier, is oftentimes I think we fail to speak the language of business to business people. And so if I can't give you concrete data from a business case standpoint, and I know people go, we still like, really, we got to still build out the business case. And I go, yeah. yes, right? <laughs> because we have to always meet people where they're at. And so if I'm meeting people where they're at, I want to always, not only am I prepared, right, but I also am excited about meeting them where they're at. So let's have the conversations, whatever conversations we need to have that allow for you to have light bulb moments of why we need to go down this journey. You know, I'm, I'm all for doing that. And then the last thing is, you know, like misery is optional. And so for me on, on this work, why I never get discouraged is kind of like my dad, that I told you everything in life is how we frame it. My dad set me free a long time ago, you know, him being a, a, a minister, he was like, look, so Jesus Christ didn't have a hundred percent conversion rate. And, you know, he healed folks. He turned water into wine and said, you probably not going to have a hundred percent conversion rate too. And so that then kind of set me free. Like my goal is to have a 100% inclusive environment. My goal is to be able to pour into everybody and the transformation of them. And I understand that it's optional whether they participate or not, and I'm not going to win everybody, but I'm trying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many nuggets of, of wisdom. I don't know how many you can take off of your $10 million, uh, 10 million, you know, people, but I'm going to have to give you the numbers of the people who download this because you could just go ahead and add those numbers right, right away to your, your, your bag, your, your big, hairy, audacious goal. Cause because you did it right, like the way that you have you phrase this, and the way that you've just given us so many nuggets, I'm so incredibly appreciative of of that. Um, but we have to we have to end here. So I, I know that there's other people who are like, wait, but, but I have another question, or or wait, can you explain this to me again? Just just maybe you know, give me some more details. So can you just share with our audience what's the best way for them to stay connected with you? So right now, I would say LinkedIn is the platform, the leverage for me. 
Uh, I'm pretty responsive to requests, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. Coming soon, I'm building out my own thought leadership platform that will launch at the beginning of next year. But for right now, LinkedIn is the way to go. Fantastic. And as soon as you have that information, let us know so we can share it with our audience also. But we'll make sure we put in uh, all of your information into the show notes. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for the platform. Absolutely. So all of our, our, our listeners out there, we're so glad that you joined us again for another week's episode of Uplifting Impact and in our podcast. We know that in order to do this work, we need more people, right? Our big, hairy, audacious goal, we haven't named it as, as, as clearly as uh, Jeanne has done it, but we, we, we have one too. And ours is just to get as many people as we can get into this work inspired by this work, to put as many tools as we possibly can out into the world, because we know that in order to make these spaces that we occupy as inclusive as possible, we can't do it alone. We need you. We need you to come to the table and we need you to open up uh, uh, your mind and your network into learning more about this. So if you're in that place and you're like, what can I do? I can tell you one thing you do right away. Share our podcast. We would love for you to share our podcast with people in your network who are also interested in this idea of inclusion. We also welcome you to go to our website, upliftingimpact.com and share your ideas, maybe guest ideas or, or questions that you have that are that are that are on your mind that you're looking for answers for and also to connect with us either myself or Justin or both of us that's the best way to do it on LinkedIn but until next week keep on uplifting the impact this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com